everyone. My name is Meredith. Welcome to the Guiding God's Daughters podcast. Get real, go deep. Uh, this is season two, episode six, and we're talking about Father's Day and the unfailing love of our Heavenly Father. The recording of this is falling around Father's Day a few days before. So, and I think it's a very important topic, whether you have had a long-standing struggle with your father or your father hasn't been there or you lost your father or you're just going through a little something with your father, I think it can help you or with your father, God. I think this is going to help you. And I want you to find out that only God's love could fill in every gap in my heart that losing my father left. I want you to know how that is true as well. So, this is not going to be a podcast talking bad about bad fathers. This is going to be a podcast about addressing the father wound, your father wound, with God's help. We don't do blaming. We do um, overcoming. And the way we overcome is doing what we can do in our own power. Blaming doesn't give us any power. So, um I know how lonely it can be to address your father wound, to miss your father, to... um you know, wonder if you're ever going to see your father, whatever. I think there's, it's, it's a lonely place to deal with this wound because sometimes the enemy can make us think we're the only one struggling with it, which is not true. Many people do struggle. So, um, I also want to say that I don't think anyone has the perfect father. Some of us, I had a great relationship with my dad, but he was definitely not perfect. And, you know, everyone is human. All relationships aren't, no relationship is perfect. So, uh, maybe this will help you come to know the humanness of your father and help you, especially maybe as you grow into adulthood, accept um, some of your father's tendencies that may drive you nuts. So no matter what comes up for you as I share this, God is right there with you, whether you are just realizing this gap is there or you've known for a long time. So let me tell you my story real quick so you can get some context into where I'm coming from in this. I've lost my dad. Usually I say twice, but lately I'm, I've been saying more three times. Um, the first time when I was when I was eight and my parents got divorced, my father moved to Washington, D.C. and uh, lived four hours away. I saw him every other weekend. He would come to get me either in a car or on the train, take me back, drive me back. I mean, he was on the road so much of the weekend just to come back, come to me and see me. So I knew that my dad was showing up for me. Um, but I'm going to tell you more about that in a minute. We, um, then as I got older, when I got moved back to Washington, after I moved to Austin, after college, my father got a job as an ambassador in Luxembourg. And I was so upset because I'm like, finally, we're together in the same city and you're leaving. So I think that was one of the reasons that I coped the way I did with him gone. And I'll tell you more about that. But then when I was 33, I think it was, because I got sober when I was 31, 33, he was gone in an instant. I got a call in the morning that he was gone for my stepmom and um, just gone. So I want to tell you the difference and how I responded to each. Now, a lot of this has to do with age or maturity, but I think a lot of it is because I worked through the pain with my father, not knowing any of this was going to happen. You know, God doesn't tell us the plans in his heart. It's like, but he was preparing my heart for what was to come. So the first time I turned to food to cope because I didn't have any siblings. I didn't have anybody to turn to. So food was it. Second time when he went to Europe, I really think, like I said, that is kind of when, if I went back and looked, I think that's when a ton of my addictions started to really 
probably more take off. Um, the alcohol, the food, the running, the overeating. I mean, they were already starting, but I think him leaving may have um, accelerated them. That's when I really started running marathons. So, um, so the third time when I, when he passed was actually, so we had three years in our relationship with me sober. And that third, um, time, when, that third time I lost him was when he died. <sighs> Almost a year to the day before that, I had surrendered my life to Christ. Kind of ironic. Um, so I had been baptized and, I'd been saved three years before from addictions, but that's when I got baptized and really just gave my life to Christ. So when dad died, I mean, I was devastated, obviously, can't even describe for you, but I literally got on my knees and said, okay, God, Heavenly Father, you are it. Dad's not here. You're it. I'm surrendered in a whole other way. So that is when I realized God was really coming in to fill in every gap that my father left because he was completely gone. So Here's the thing, you know, part of growing up is realizing your parents are human. The trick is to let God into your heart because once you start peeling away the layers of pain with any father wound, you need God's incredible love to help you address it. I could not have healed my pain with my dad alone um, if, or with him if I hadn't let God back into my life. God is the one who helped us heal and gave us three more years. So the other thing that is important for you is to know is that if you struggle with your dad and um, it's up to you, only one of you has to step away from the resentment that's between you and start dealing with your pain. And I'm not saying it's his fault. I'm saying deal with your pain so you can let go of the blame. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. Own up, own it up to it. So the other thing is you'll meet people that have lost their dads too. And instead of comparing you know, um, it's going to, I pray that you find it comforting because they're there to show you that you're, you're not the only one who's experienced this, but you won't have the same story. And in that space where your story isn't the same is God, because he's the only one that can meet you in that pain because it's your personal pain. So if there's someone here that doesn't know um, that you are a child of God, as I speak about this daughters, and um, I want to read some. Something to you from 1 John 5, and it's verses um, 1 through 5. So it says, in the New Living Translation, it says, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. We know we love God's children if we love God and obey his commandments. Loving God means keeping his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For every child of God defeats the evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. So, you've got to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God to know that you're a child of God, to know that he will take care of you. And as a child of God, you defeat the world through your faith, um, and you win the battle against the world that's trying to make you the victim of your pain. So I know many of you listening to this believe that Jesus is the son of God, but I also know some of you are doubting this because your dad wasn't there. You felt like God wasn't there. Um, and so you're wanting to find a solution in the world, but I'm telling you there is nothing in the world that can solve that issue. Nothing, nothing. Um, only your heavenly father can heal that hurt deep in your heart. So don't let however your father has disappointed you block you from running to your father, God. 
I know you may wonder where God has been or why he let that happen to you. And he hears that. None of that anger scares him. But at some point, you've got to get to the other side of that anger because not igno ignoring it will just let it fester. You got to grow through what you go through. And the other thing, God gives us free will. And I am not in any way, shape or form justifying the way your father treated you. But your father may have been the victim of his own circumstances and just never got healthy. So he had behaviors that weren't healthy and that affected you. So um, that doesn't, well, you can blame him at some point, but that doesn't mean you sit in the blame because he had the free will. You know, he can't, God can't make him not do what he's doing because he had the free will to do what he was doing. So if you're going to give all your power away to your anger, you know, um, it's, you're only going to be keep drinking your own poison, waiting for the other person to die. It's going to kill you inside. You know, do you want to be free or do you want to be angry? So I, I believe that if you're watching this or listening to this, God doesn't want you to carry this any longer. You are the one that is here to break the cycle. And believe me, I can hear you saying, because I've been there and I used to do it over drinks, but you don't know what happened. No, I don't. But I know that there is no pit so deep that God, God's love is not deeper still. That's Curry Ten Boom, I think. So I've come to know the pain that when my pain of not having dad here has hurt so deeply in my gut, God entered into that space and filled it with his love. In fact, he's done it countless times. Um, so back to those of you that have had that dad that just it's it's un you know I don't know what's the word conscionable um, to what he did to you I can't even imagine I'm not even gonna try to imagine but I am gonna tell you that some of you may know um, there's a woman that was like a mentor to me even though I never knew her she helped me in my faith journey a lot and I often thought of people that did have abusive dads or um, just downright awful dads and her father abused her I'm not sure if it was verbally but sexually multiple times and the mother never said anything so um yeah and here she is standing on stages across the country whether you whether you think she's you know um real or talking about god on, the way she should be um she is changing people's lives she helped change my life and part of it is because she had a testimony she had an awful story and you have to believe god pulled her out of that pit you have to believe that he wants to do the same with you he doesn't want to keep you in that pit of what your dad did to you 30, 40 years ago. So, you know, I know when I hear someone's been through it, I listen in a little closer. Um, but here's the other thing about that. God, you have to look for people that can be mentors that have gone through these things. You hear some woman say, well, I was abused as a kid. Whoa. You know, you're a young person. That's if she's in your church or she's in your community and she look and she seems like you know, you got to watch her, you know, is this woman overcoming or is she kind of living in the victimhood of it? You know, ask her, can I take, can I, can you take me to call? Can I, can we go for coffee? I really want to hear more about what you've been through. And uh, I think it will help you tremendously. So <sighs> the other thing is God was waiting for you to open the door. Um, he's not banging down the door waiting to, you know, bang down the door and tell you, you need to stop doing this. He's gracious and wonderful, and he's just going to wait for you to open the door. Revelation 3.20 says, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come and eat with that person, and they will me. You know, um, 
I bet some of you never even realized there was a door. That God was standing behind it because you blocked him out because your earthly father you had to block out. And you've been so focused on how your dad messed up that you've missed that your father, heavenly father, won't mess up. So maybe you're supposed to separate the two. Separate God the father from your earthly father. Because your dad's, your dad's love is imperfect. God's is completely perfect. Let me just go back to 1 John 4. There's so, so much in this. Um, verse 18 in the New Living Translation, it says, Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And that shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. His love casts out fear. You aren't experiencing the perfect love of God because you haven't cast out your fear. Now, I realize that some of you may have fear dealing with your dad wound. I get it. I didn't realize I had a dad wound for so long because I was afraid I would lose my father after I lost him as a kid. So I would literally, I'm not kidding, part, it was part of my drinking. I would drink over it. Like, what am I going to do if I lose my father? That was me just drowning my wound. But... I realize it's scary to address this wound. It's often deep, very heavy, and it doesn't go away in a minute. But you have to remember and know that God's love is there with you. Some of it, I think, where we get stuck is refusing to accept, um, you know, who our father is. Like, why do you expect your dad to be perfect? I mean, I've been through that phase, too. But, like, our dads are human. They weren't created to be God. We look at them as godly figures as we grow up. But as we get older, it's okay they're human. Maybe I should accept them as they are. That who I'm not going to change them. Serenity prayer. Okay. So there's this, speaking of acceptance, there is this in 12 step um, recovery in the big book that we have on page 417. One of my favorite passages is about acceptance. And I think it will help you no matter what journey you're on. It says acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. When I am disturbed, it is because I find some person, place, thing, or situation, some fact of my life unacceptable to me. And I can find no serenity until I accept that person, place, thing, or situation as being exactly the way it is supposed to be at this moment. Nothing, absolutely nothing happens in God's world by mistake. So the sooner you accept who your dad was or what happened and who he isn't, who your dad isn't, then the sooner I believe you're going to be at peace. Accept that your dad was human. He's made mistakes just like you and me. God is the one who doesn't. You know, I, just a side note on this, I really think there's a lot of people in this world that have open father wounds and mother wounds, whatever wounds, abuse wounds. But father wound is one of the big ones because we find our ultimate identity in Christ. And what is the identity crisis in our world? It is the sexual identity crisis. It is all these different people that are trying to encourage young people and whoever else to create their own identity. Because if you find your identity in Christ, then it's not going to be about self. And I think there's a lot of people who are avoiding dealing with their their dad issues to, to eventually find their identity in Christ because that's the enemy working in their lives. So don't be one of those people walking around today with open wounds, treating them with things that damage their lives and push away the only solution to the pain. Dive into the healing with your father, God. Let him take off the bandaid with you, nurse the wound and heal it at the deepest levels. Let him help you get to every crevice of that wound your father left. The more you do, the more you will see your heavenly father. 
The more you let go of your Heavenly Father, the more you see that God is truly your Heavenly Father. Few more verses I want to encourage you. This is one of the big ones that helped me when I was in early recovery and after I lost my dad. Psalm 68.5, New Living Translation. Father to the father, fatherless, defender of widows. This is God whose dwelling is holy. holy. Now go back to 1 John. There is so much, when I was studying this, there's so much in there about that leads us to the Father. I recommend reading the whole book, but I'm going to read you a couple so you remember these. 1 John 2, 1. My dear children, I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. 1 John 2, 15 through 17. Do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who dies does what pleases God will live forever. Really dies to themselves too. 1 John 2.22 And who is a liar? Anyone who says that Jesus is not the Christ. Side note, there's a lot of those right now. Anyone who did not, back to the verse, anyone who denies the Father and the Son is an antichrist. Anyone who denies the Son doesn't have the Father either, but anyone who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. What we are seeing in the world is the spirit of the antichrist everywhere, denying Christ, denying Christ, spirit of antichrist. You need to wake up to this if you don't know this, because it is Trying, the spirit of the Antichrist is trying to steal your identity as a child of God. I got my daughter of the king shirt on today and because I know that I am a daughter of the king. So one more, 1 John 3, 1. See how much, very much our father loves us for he calls us his children <clears throat> and that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. So... It's no surprise that people are ignorant because they don't know him. But this is about, so honestly, this is, when I was finishing this message, I was like, whoa, this is so much bigger than just the father wound or your relationship with your father. This is about knowing who the father is and who is the Antichrist. And it's even bigger than your relationship with your dad. It is about your destiny. And let me just say one thing about idolatry, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 14 through 18. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? He, how can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, listen to this till the end. In verses, I think it's 16 through 18. I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things and I will welcome you. And I will be your father and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Friend, you've got to deal with the darkness inside of you. You've got to deal with the idols that you are putting on a pedestal because you haven't dealt with that wound. And you need to see that God is your father. Take the focus off your dad. Take the focus off blaming. 
and deal with your pain. Let God go to that pain with you. Everything you've been using, I don't know, for me, alcohol, food, whatever, all of that stuff had to fall by the wayside for me to come under what God's plan and healing was for me. Um, even when it felt like God had failed me, I had to cry out to him. He hasn't failed you. I'm telling you right now. He hasn't abandoned you. When Jesus promised the Holy Spirit, sorry, I was reading this verse. I put In John 14, he said, verses 14 through 17, If you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. Mm -hmm. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Verse 18, no, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. <clears throat> if you don't know the Holy Spirit, you're probably one of those people that thinks, oh, Jesus is in the past. Like the Bible is just a random book. Blah, 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 blah. You don't have the Holy Spirit. You're not saved. The Holy Spirit is the one that stays with us. He never fails you. Psalm 143.8, let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I've put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life. Psalm 26.2-3, test me, Lord, and try me. Examine my heart and my mind, for I have always been mindful of your what? Unfailing love, and have lived in reliance on your faithfulness. Here it is again, Exodus 15.13. In your unfailing love, you will lead the people you have redeemed. In your strength, you will guide them to your holy dwelling. <clears throat> Whether it's Father's Day, you are listening to this, or well after, and this may be overwhelming you, it's okay. I want you to know God is with you. He will help you feel this pain and help you grow through this. So let this deep dive podcast be an invitation to get real with God on this. Take it to your Heavenly Father and work it out with Him. He's not afraid of it. He's not judging you for it. He knows what you've done to try to deal with that pain, and He wants to break the cycle and break you through it. So I am going to pray that you willingly open the door of your heart to God's love. If you haven't, let Him come into that brokenness. Let Him fill in every crevice with His love. Let Him make you an overcomer. Let Him show you that you are a child of God, no matter what your earthly father was like let him heal your heart. I know it won't be easy because I've had to do it. It doesn't happen in a minute, but God will help you through it. And I pray that in bringing it to God, he'll show you the heart of your heavenly father is good. And in the process, help you heal the pain in your heart you have towards your earthly father. Father, I pray every single person that listens to this or watches this, that their hearts break open to receive your great, unending, forever, unfailing love, Lord. I just pray that wherever this person is, however they have felt unloved, that you pour, pour your love all over them, that they receive it, that they receive it into every crevice of their broken heart, Lord, and help them to seek you. I pray that whoever is watching this has a willing spirit to seek you, Lord. I pray that they believe in you and want to walk in your ways and let go of the pain, Lord. I just pray that you enter into their pain with them and be with them and grow them, Lord, as only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, that's it. Next week, I'm talking about 
broken beautiful because it's my anniversary week so I'm going to be talking about how the Lord loves to make the broken things beautiful one of my favorite topics all right I will see you then <laughs>